delighted to say that I'm joined on Football CFB today by one of the best players in the SPFL, Stevie Mallon of Hibs. Thanks for joining me. No worries, mate. Pleasure to be here. The first question I've got is lockdown situation. How are you coping with this? Because it's not the ideal end to the season for anyone, but for yourself mm. as a player, how are you keeping yourself ticking over? Um, I think it's just the same as everybody else, to be honest. Um, out running and stuff like our sports scientists gave us um like training programs to up to every two weeks, and we've got the that Strava app that we have to upload our runs to every day. So uh, there's no hiding place for us, to be honest. So it's just been a for us, it's just been a running club since this lockdown. Um, a bit it was a bit better for myself because I was just coming back from my injury. Um. Just before the lockdown happened, I, I started back training the two weeks prior to that. So I got myself to a, a good level of fitness. And then basically for me, it was just to keep continuing that during this lockdown. In terms of the season just gone there, you mentioned the fact you had an injury. How do you reflect on the season? I know the club obviously finished seventh um, because of this points per game, but they were sitting sixth when it ended. Right. How do you reflect back in the season? Because as you say, the season before, your first season with Hibs, you were flying. I, to be honest, on a personal note, I was a bit disappointed with myself. Um, I wanted to kind of progress that I did last year into this year, and it didn't happen. Um, things that like, happens in people's careers, and some games I done well, some games I didn't. And as a reflection, I felt that like I could have done a lot better. Um, and then the performances started coming a little bit just when Jack came, and. Uh, the injury came at the wrong point, to be honest. It was a bit of a kick in the teeth. It was like my first injury in probably football. Um, and so that was hard, kind of hard to kind of go over that as well, like finding out that you had to get surgery and stuff like that. So um, it, did, it did, it came at the wrong point because we were turning as well as a team. Um, going away to your hearts, winning 2-1 and 2-0, um, sorry. And it was a turning point because I felt that we could have kicked on, especially the last kind of, three, four games to try to trace that kind of top four spot. So, um, yeah, it just came at the wrong point and then obviously it ended abruptly. You mentioned the fact it ends abruptly and, and just on the injury, you mentioned the fact it's your, your first real injury you've had to face in your career. See when, see when you've been through that for the first time, do you reach out to maybe a few boys in the team that have been through injuries before for some advice? Well, fair enough at the time, um, Martin Boyle just came back for doing his um, we done the exact same thing, done our meniscus and our knees and obviously Ryan Portis. So I had just done mine and I think maybe two or three weeks later against London United, um, Ryan Portis done his and Jason Naismith done his ACL. So I wasn't alone in the gym. It made it a lot easier, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough like knowing that going to watch every game on a Saturday, um, watching the boys, knowing that you can't help. Um, it's, it's hard going. I tell you, football's a lot easier on the stand. <laughs> anyway, you see things in the stand a lot easier than the pitch. So, um, nah, it is tough. But to be fair, we've got a good background staff. Um, the physios, the sports scientists, the stuff like that kept me going. And obviously, when you've got uh, boys like Jason, Ryan, and Martin who are loud as loud as anything in the in the dressing room and in the the gym, it, it makes it a whole lot easier. I'm not just saying this because you're on, but I really enjoy watching yourself and Scott Allen, particularly in that Hibs team, because I love watching players that can make things happen. They're not scared to take a shot on or try a killer mm. pass. What's he like to play alongside? Because he's another player like yourself who's, who's a top talent. 
Scott, I've always rated Scott like for his Celtic days. I felt like he's obviously played a lot better because he's a, he a top quality player. So um, when there was talking coming, I was excited because we needed somebody in that number ten role that can, like you said, pick it a pass or even score. Um, and you've seen it this season with Scott. Um, these passes, his assists, he's, he's he's got a lot of assists and goals this year. Um, so he has kicked on and done well, and it, I think he's just done what everyone expected to do and I think that's all he needed as a player especially our first season coming back he wanted to get the ball going and he did that um, you've seen with some of his performances so he is a great player to have because in times where you you, you might not get a chance um, he could pick up a killer pass or even score himself so he's a, he's a player on your team that you, you definitely want In terms of Hibs as well Christian Doidge came in and at first he struggled to find his feet a wee bit in terms of scoring but once he got his first few goals, he was flying. In training, was he someone that was finding the back of the net and you knew it was only a matter of time before he got on the score sheet? Of course. Um, he was telling himself that um, he wanted to, as soon as the goals started flowing, I think that's, you knew he was going to kick on because you see the quality he has in training every day. He's, he's heading, he's, he's shooting and stuff. He's always scoring goals. He's just a man that just knows what the back of the net is. And, it did get a bit of a hard time because it wasn't happening. And I think that's what it must be hard for a striker coming to a new club. You want to start offline, and it did have his dip. I think, I think a turning point was Aberdeen away when he had a few chances and he didn't bury them. And then I think he definitely got frustrated for that because he got a lot of stick about it, especially for the media. And then he's not looked back since. His his forum just skyrocketed since that, and it, it definitely helped the team and it helped us with a few vital results as well. In terms of playing at Hibs, what's it like playing in front of a, a packed Easter road? Because when it's when the fans are on top of you, it must be brilliant just to be on the pitch and making things happen. That is amazing, to be honest. Um, going for like, St Mirren and a brief spell at Barnes, obviously, but um, like the the crowd difference is like massive. Like you don't realise the, the enormity of the club until you get there. I think when I first joined, going to the training centre, I had played there as a kid, but. You don't know the full facilities and the, the full backroom staff. It's the club's a lot bigger than I, I definitely initially thought, and I think it was when it first kind of dawned on me was the I think was it Vinovic or was it one of the three three two game in the Europa League like the very very start when I first joined Hibs, we were two 0 down and we won three two and it was like Easter Road was packed out, um, and it was a massive game for us, um, and. That's when I realised how big, like the crowd is on top of you. If you're doing well, they'll support you the full way, and if you're not doing too well, then rightly so, they'll give you a bit of, a bit of stick. But um, nine out of ten of the times, you hope it's it's a good way, and they do help you massively. How big a factor is Jack Ross for you personally? Because you've worked with him before, of course. It's Mirren. He's a manager who believes in you. So when he got the job, are you delighted because you know what he's all about? Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, at that time where. He, he got them the job. We weren't doing too great as a team, and we did need a change. We needed a turnaround, and going off to obviously past experiences, it was the exact same as St Mirren. We needed a change. We needed a turnaround, and when they first came at St Mirren, um, we did struggle to get a win. And then as soon as I think it was maybe Queen South away, we won one three two, and then it, it changed for there. And we kicked on and done really well. And obviously the story tells itself. We ended up staying up, and I think, um. We've done really well as a team. Then, obviously, the following season, Jack kicked on and won the league with St Mirren. But it just shows you what it has as a player. I think, honestly, if you, any player that you speak to, um, 
from obviously St Mirren, Sunderland, and then now Hibs that they'll see how good a manager he is, especially a man manager. I think that's a massive part in football now, is being able to work with players, players that even aren't playing. Even when Jack came in, I wasn't playing for most of it. Pardon me. Um, I was on the bench and it was a, a side that I've never really experienced before. And um, every player will tell you that he's a great man manager. He's him and his assistant, uh, Potsy, are, are good guys to have on the, in the training ground. And um, I, I felt like myself and I think the rest of the club, if the season kind of panned out, we would have, we would have turned that around because we, were, we felt like we were going in the right direction. And obviously, sadly, it didn't. It wasn't like that. Before I rewind back to the start of your career and you coming through, I want to ask you just a few light-hearted questions about your teammates. First of all, um, is who's the best trainer? Best trainer? Um, I'd say probably Daryl Horgan in my team. The now uh, Daryl's just one. He battles himself as a, if it's on the pitch, if it's in the gym. Like I'm, I don't think I've ever seen somebody work so hard. Honestly, like. He's constant. He's constantly trying to better himself as well. He's always out doing extra after training. Um, he's the angriest guy you'll ever meet. <laughs> nicest guy off the field, honestly. Nicest guy off the field, but on the field, if he misses a, a yard, for, if he misses a shot, sorry, for like two or three yards, he won't talk to him to the rest of the session. He'll batter himself in his, in his head mentally, and and, he'll, and then after that, he'll, he'll physically batter himself in the gym. It's just a, a good trait to have in your team, somebody that's constantly wanting to work hard. He's probably one of the most professional boys in the dressing room and I'd 100% say it was Darryl. Quickest player on the team? Quickest? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, he's a hard question, sorry. Uh, I wee boily. Even after his injury, I think he even got faster, to be honest, after two meniscus um, operations. I don't know how that happens, but even he said it himself. So, um, I, I whip it, honestly. I, I didn't think I would see some days fast working with Lewis Morgan previously. Um, Cause he is he is fast and now that I've kind of played with Boyle, he'll, he'll, even if you over hit your passes, he's he's gonna get there no matter what. What about the slowest player? Slowest player, um, Jesus, slowest player. That's a hard question. That there's not really many slow players. Trying, I, I actually have these quite fast. Like I don't even know. Do you know that? I don't even know. Maybe myself, I don't know. <laughs> Even that, after 10 yards, maybe myself, I don't know. <laughs> what, about I don't the, know. what about the toughest player in the dressing room, the guy you don't want to mess with? Oh, Darius McGregor. These guys are machine, honestly. Like, he's got muscles on top of muscles, honestly. Like, it's just for some guy that's, he has had a lot of bad injuries in his time, he, he's constantly in the gym every, every day, like, Nine o'clock in the morning, he'll be in the gym doing his program just to strengthen his knees and stuff. Um, and he's a machine for that reason because he's worked on it his whole career. And I think it was when I was at St Mirren, and obviously I knew Dad was at St Mirren days anyway. And we played Tibbs away, and I ran down the line and stupidly I tried to run down the line against Dad, and he just put I think it was like three fingers out and just held me back, and I couldn't get around him. And I just then I was like, ah, this guy's a, a machine, I then is when you get to play with him, you get to see the kind of how big he is. Biggest joker on the team, who's the person that's always at the, the heart of everything that goes on? Uh, Martin Boyle, 100%. Him and Ryan Portis, the now. Um, Boyle, he's in the mid-70, but he's annoying about it. 
I think everybody knows that, especially we've had a couple of drinks and that as well on a night out. Uh, Boyle is just at the heart of everything, just annoying, especially you know, annoyed family kit man every day. They two have a week and I set two every day. It's kind of funny to watch, but uh, we Boyle is the one that's in, in the middle of it. You mentioned Portis there. Do you think he's somebody that can go to the very top? Because he's still very young. 100%. I, um, even from a young age, when you've seen him play, um, he has that quality. He's got a leadership quality as well. I think one day you'll go in and captain a team. Um, played with him with 21 in Scotland. Um, he stood out then. Obviously, against boys his own age, that are be the top quality, and even then he stood out. And he's come in the yeah, Habs team and first for a boy that was 18, 19 and standard playing every week. He was leaving, I think at one point it was him and Effie last year, him and Paul when he was leaving boys at the team. And he's only 18, 19 years old. And I think one thing he's, he's he'll, he'll, he'll de- definitely tackle a brick wall. Like it's just in his nature, he'll, he'll head a brick wall just to score, to defend. And then on the ball, his quality is brilliant. He's passing, his passing range. I think he is good. He is destined to be a, a top quality player. Who's the person that's in front of the mirror the most, takes the most uh, time eh, about their looks? <laughs> Who do you think? <laughs> I think Scott Allen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in the mornings, no matter what, he's got a, a, a bit of gel or hairspray. He, he's he's born at Disney. He's pristine for a reason. He takes a bit of time on it. Uh, I don't, you'll never see a bad picture of Scott, probably, honestly. But even in not training ground pictures, you'll never see a bad He's always... <laughs> On top of his game, and he's, <laughs> that's why. What about the worst dress sense? There's got to be somebody whose gear's just absolutely shot. Uh, um, two guys get a bit of stick fit. Um, I, I slaughter one more than another. So the first one's probably Daryl Horgan. Just this, that guy, he's a dad, doesn't care. Comes in, joggies, loves his socks, honestly. He's got the most woeful socks ever. Just part in front, everything. Just, no matter what he wears, just a pair of socks. And another one is um, Slavka. Uh, the kind of Slavka. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's, I, I don't know if it's just that Eastern European um, kind of dress sense of it, but he, he wears the same pair of trainers every day, a pair of black Air Max. We wear them with a pair of blue jeans. And, like, it's a few boys have had to, He's kind of upped his game a little bit, bought a few kind of rascal t shirts, but it's definitely between them two. <laughs> the last one I've got about your teammates, who knows this might be you, who would you say is the teacher's pet? Who's, who's the one that's, it likes to make sure they're in with the manager? Uh, people said it was me when Jack came in. Obviously, when we had Hecken bottom as well, I've, I've worked with him before, so um, people thought it was me. But I think they know. Um, don't know. Scotty talks to the gaffer quite a lot. I think they've got a wee kind of wee friendship going on now. Him and Scotty. So he's a he's a blue-eyed boy, then, because he does what he does. He does always talking on the park and off the park. So um, I'd say Scotty, then. To rewind back to the start now, Stephen, you. Obviously, came through, we all know you from, from your St Mirren days. See, when you were younger, were you always a midfielder? And who was your first football and hero growing up? Um, I always said centre mid when I was younger. Um, always, no, I don't know what I worked in. I think under 15s, I, I, I get played off a striker. Um, and that went downhill massively, nearly get let go. Like, generally, that was the worst year of my life, was that year. Almost got let go, and um, at that time, David Longwell still seen something in me and kept me on, and he actually kept me on for the year below. And that pre season, I went and worked hard, done well, and get back into the Mullen age group. And that was a turning point, that was under 17. And uh, ever since that, I've not looked back, I always played centre mid. Um, 
obviously with different managers I've played different roles like Lennon had me left at Diamond some games playing sitting midfield as well Hecky had me playing sitting midfield so I've done and then obviously I've played tip the diamond and stuff in the hole and stuff as well so as long as I'm in the middle of the park it, I prefer it I've played right mid some games as well um, just kind of different um, formations and stuff but my preference is playing in the middle of the park just to kind of be in the heart of things and getting on the ball um, I'd say there and I think just growing up watching my dad play um, I think just because he played it kind of strive me to play a football player as well um, every Saturday I was at his games Sunday he would go to my games but every Saturday I would go to his games no matter what um, that's where I was every every weekend was just involved in football so I couldn't get away from it um, and I didn't want to like I trained maybe one day Tuesday Thursday Friday most weeks and went to his game on a Saturday he went to my game on a Sunday um, it was just constant football, so it's just something that I wanted to do from a young age. Coming through at St Mirren, you mentioned Lewis Morgan there, John McGinn, another one who came through around about the same time as you. What's it like when you're coming yeah. through the system with boys that have got the talent like that and yourself? It is good because when I first broke through, it was all I, I was a, a pretty young team, to be honest. Um, when I first broke through, it was um, John was in the team, obviously, Kenny, who's obviously kept done and done well as well. Um, Young boy at the time, Lewis McClear and Lewis Morgan, obviously. Um, it was a pretty young team. And at the end of that season, of course, John and Kenny left. And then the season after, it, even again, we recruited a young team. So just to have the young boys next to you that know exactly what you're going through, it was a, there was a lot of pressure on us, to be fair, like going into games in the SPL against experienced teams. And you're such a young team. And most of the time, you obviously weren't expecting to do much, but it probably made you mature a lot faster. I don't. I think at that point, no one would have realised how well John would have kicked on and done, or even Kenny. Um, and John's obviously what kind of kicked on and done. Everyone knows how well he's done now. So I think that matured us quite a lot because I think I was 18 at the time. John was maybe 19. Uh, Lewis was 18. Um, we were such a young squad, but it made that easy to kind of set one because we all wanted to play for each other. You mentioned the fact everyone wants to play for each other. You're coming through the system. You get into the first team squad, but you have to wait a wee bit for your debut because you were an unused sub for a couple of games before you finally on and get to play against Hamilton. What was that like when you get in a squad? See, when you're on the bench and you don't get on, does that make you even hungrier yeah. to debut? It was. I think it was against maybe Inverness or something. I was on the bench and just, I think if the result went away, I would. I might have got a chance to go on. I'm not too sure. Um, but I think we might have got beat, so I knew maybe no chance I had maybe got on. And then, funny enough, I tried my debut. I don't think I trained with the first team. I think the Thursday, Friday, I didn't train. And then on the Friday, I trained with the 20s. And everyone knows what it's like to be uh, under 20s. Player. You're in until 5 o'clock at night. Like, first team players get away early, obviously. Um, I think it was about maybe three, 2 3 o'clock we were doing analysis in the changing room. And Tommy Craig walked through and pulled me out. So, obviously, first you're like that. What duties have I not done? Like, what have I not done? Took me out and took me to his office, and he says, like, how, um, what would you, how would you feel if I think, what was it? He said, think you could start tomorrow. And I was like, what? He's like, think you could start? And I'm like, you can't say no. Like, first team managers there, you can't say no. So I was like, I could start. Um, he says, right, you're starting centre mid tomorrow. That was like, straight away. I was like, what? Because I just played a, I think it was a Scottish Cup game for the the twenties on the Tuesday, and I must have done well and. I think everybody was injured, to be honest. I think like I think 
Kenny had to play up front because we had no strikers. Um, Goody was injured. A lot of boys were injured. A lot of the centre mids were injured. So, um, so it was me. And it, it done the exact same to the boy Jack Beard as well. We made our debuts on the same day. So, um, I just got into that with nerve wracking because maybe like one game, two games prior, I was just on an unused sub and um, it was tough. But it's a tough game because we could beat three 0 Um, it was a very tough game. I, Spent most of the game in Tony Andrews' back pocket, and I think that January he got a million pound move to Norwich. So I think I maybe helped him with that. But uh, that was like I was playing centre defensive mid in that game, so um, it was a tough game. Your first, no one likes playing Hamilton away, especially even going through the age groups. No one likes playing Hamilton away. It's just a hard place to go to. They're such a hard, a hard, hard team. So, um, but it was a, it was a good debut. It was a great, a great feeling for myself as well. A really good debut and. This kind of brings me on to your first goal. Most young guys dream of a score in a two-yard tap-in for the first goal. Your first goal wins the goal of the season award. I mean, sum that up. Uh, it was, to be honest, looking back at it, it was incredible. I think um, I remember the night out better uh, than the goal, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, nah, it was incredible. Like, just my family was in the, in the crowd and it were, things were going, like, I think we're, we're getting... Pumped against Dundee, I'm sure. Like I remember, even though we won three one, like for that first half, our backs against the ropes. When I've watched the highlights, I've watched the goal for the a million times, obviously. But um, <laughs> nah, it was an incredible feeling, just something I've never experienced before. I've scored most of my goals have been for like twenty, thirty yards, and very rarely have I went and dribbled past people and done it. And then just when it happened, it was just a surreal occasion. Like for weeks and weeks after it, my my phone was blown up. Um, just with all the views it was getting, all the comments, everything like the best one was so like because I, I I grew up watching Soccer M and I had my own little section in Soccer M as well. I, I waited for the following Saturday because I knew something was going to be in there. I was on the showboat that I watched every week, um, and then I had my own section at the end. And that was probably an amazing feeling as well. And then I think to be honest, straight after the game, I think the straight after the game, I'm the next day. Um, obviously you can you know have a night out, so me and my mates went out. Um. We were having like a few drinks in the house before we went out, and then, funny enough, Sky Sports was on, and the goal came on, and they were all going mental because they they hadn't seen the goal. It was the first time it aired on Sky Sports, so I kind of started a good a good weekend. But now nah, it was amazing, like just the kind of publicity it got, and obviously at the end getting goal of the season. Well, that's the thing. I think something else that interests me. You scored that belt, and you get goal of the season for that. But your second goal is equally as vital. You scored the. Basically, not not the last minute. There was the last couple of minutes. You scored the winner against Ross County. I mean, just just you, just what a start! What a start! Uh, no, Feelings wise, that might have been a bit maybe no better, but just the, see that year if we stayed up, I think that goal would have been a lot more important. But that game, obviously, we went to ten men. Um, sat that game, I could write mid actually sat and went to ten men. Um, I'd set up the goal before, and obviously. Like I said, the last kind of 15 20 minutes backs against the ropes again, and Ross County equalised. And it was a bit, uh, I don't think we got anywhere near the top of the park. And then I think Kenny Dunwell played Sean Kelly down the line. And funny enough, I found myself in the middle of the park, in the middle of the goal. Sorry, I don't know how. And I don't like many people know this, but I didn't head it in, it was a handball. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny enough, it was. I didn't know at the time, I just flung my body in. And then after the game, obviously, on the next day, you watch sports scene. Um, can't remember who picked it up and they zoomed in on it and it actually did hit my hand I thought I headed the ball but it hit my hand but who cares it counted uh, 
July, that, that was to make it 2-1, and that was like the bust on the back down for that, because at that point, we were fighting to stay up, and Ross County were maybe bottom or second bottom, one of the two were bottom, and we had to win, um, and that was such a good feeling as well. We just obviously got to 10 men, and how much it meant to the club, and just sadly, they never worked out in the end. You mentioned the earlier on, and he's obviously the current St Mirren manager, Jim Goodwin. What was he like to play alongside? Because hard as he as a player. Aye. Good, he gave you everything off the park and on the park. Like, off the park, he'd be the nicest guy ever, honestly. And as soon as he got to step over the white line, it's like just a screw changes. Like, even in training, he'll want to win, no matter what. If his team loses in like, small city games, he's, you'll, like, like end it'll, it'll just hurt him. And that's what he wanted as a player. And then, Obviously, when I first came in, I was kind of starting to take, I think Goody maybe moved to centre-back at that point. And um, he, he was brilliant with me. When I first broke through, obviously, he was kind of in the coaching staff then get moved back to a player. But my full time, he was brilliant with me because I was kind of just maybe starting to take over his position. And obviously, it's hard for anyone for that to happen to. And then he was brilliant, like always coaching me and training, telling me what to do. And... Um, he was a player who wanted to fight for his position as well, so he's always hard working. He'd smash MD in, in, the, in the training ground, like honestly, no matter what it was, he'd go through them. But it just kept one thing that kept you on your toes, and two, you just know that he's still fighting for his place as well. But um, it did, it helped me massively, like like I said, coaching through the games, making sure I'm prepared and right and stuff. And if I ever needed anything, anyone to talk to, he was there. And he was just, he was a brilliant figure to have, especially the kind of his last year as well when we went into the championship he wasn't playing too much and um, all the kind of younger boys were playing and he still helped the team massively You mentioned the fact you get down to the championship it's, it's a tougher situation because the club gets relegated but you were scoring goals regularly there you went through a few tough spells as a club before Jack Ross then comes in when Jack came in just describe the change in that St Mirren team because it was it was unbelievable to watch at the time I um, I think the first few months weren't great. Um, I think maybe coming in October, and even it took him like two months, maybe a month and a half to get his first win. Um, no many people, I don't know if many people realise that. Um, even though we did turn that around, I think it was Queen of South away. Um, that was an a, a important game as well. Um, we won 3 2, and funny enough, I got the winner in the 94th minute or something like that. Um, that was up there with one of the the results of the season because that was the first one obviously to kick on and it did turn the season around and then since that win we never looked back there was vital vital moments that we had to win like I think we had to go it was like United away had to win managed to win 2-0 um, then they came up because they were down there as well with us and then it was one of the massive games was United at home and we had to win no matter what we had to win and I think we were like 4-0 up within 20 minutes or something like that and it was just just the belief in the team, like um, a massive, I think a massive part was in the January he got rid of, I think it was, I think it was ten players he got rid of, and brought in nine of his own. And like as a manager, like if you're playing with somebody else's team, it's tough because some players you might not want, and that's where you get kind of based on is the players that you bring in. That's where like everyone will kind of see what you're like as a manager. That all depending on the players who you think you like and you bring in and. Fair enough, the nine players that he brought in done brilliant. He brought in like boys like Stephen McGinn, who was massive for the club, and boys like Cammy Smith, Stelios at the time done brilliant as well when he came in. Gary McKenzie, like the players that he brought in just helped the club the team massively, and it, it was that 
that kind of team spirit that we had that we were on that run and somehow managed to stay up. You mentioned the fact you managed to stay up. One of the games I've got to ask you about, the game at Morton, 4-1 victory, you score. Um, what are those Derby games like? Brilliant. I think um, I think that season, Morton beat us at home, battered us, um, and it was embarrassing, especially when you're a club at St Mirren. One of the games you don't want to obviously beat us is the, is the Derby. And I, I, it was even worse because I think it was like, I can't remember how many games or years. It was a massive amount of years and games that we hadn't been beat, um, especially at home. And we were the club, we were the team at the time, sorry, that got get beat. So it was a tough one to take. So we did all them one. Um, and plus they were above us in the league as well. So um, going there away, having to win under the course, like playing at Morton's ground isn't easy. It's tight. It's The fans are on you. Um, it's a tight button. We won four one. It was a, a brilliant, a brilliant occasion for the club. Like especially when we owed them one when they, they beat us at the start of the season, and just the turnaround we had and the team spirit we had, we, we kind of knew we were getting that game. There was no way we were getting beat. See towards the end of that season, do you, are you aware that teams are starting to be interested in you? Because there was a lot of speculation. I well, um, in the January I was meant to go. I th- um. There was a lot of talk about going to January and I had spoke to Barnsley and stuff like that and um, everything was kind of signed and no signed as per se, but everything was going forward. I think it was going the, the game against Dundee in the Scottish Cup. That was meant to be my last game. It's funny enough, so I kind of knew it was my last game because everything had basically been done. So I kinda, we obviously went to Dundee in the Scottish Cup and obviously we ended up winning 2-0. And for me to be my last game, being that brought me the championship at the time, and then uh, going to Dundee and the Scottish and winning, it was I, I felt it was a, a great send off. And a couple of days after the game, obviously it all kind of fell through, and it was a it was a it was a hard one to take because an English Championship team at the side who were, I think at the time Barnes were sitting maybe like eight for nine. I was pinching myself now because I was like, really brought me the championship. Like, why did they want me? Like. I couldn't believe it. So I'd like obviously got my hopes up. The club were getting a bit of money, which was obviously brilliant for what they've done for me and I'm kinda of repaying them. Uh, got my hopes up, got to the championship and then I, it kinda of, it fell through. So I, it was a hard one to take because you had your your hopes that high, you felt like you've done brilliant in your last game, got my in the match, it was a good send off, then it fell through and I think it was a week after we played Falkirk at home. I got hooked after I think a minute after half time. Jack just took me like 46 minutes. I couldn't believe it. I was raging. Like, but he just said my head wasn't in it. And at, at the time, it probably wasn't. Um, but you, as a player, you don't mean to. Like, you, you honestly like once you cross that white line, you're you're fighting for your team and your like your staff, like your everything. And subconsciously, upon my head wasn't in it. At the time, I thought it was. That's why I think we might have had a wee argument after it because I didn't want it to obviously come off. But I must have been playing murder, to be honest. But uh, no, nah, we had a wee chat after it, after the game, and he said, obviously, if you keep playing, you keep working hard for the club, it will come back. And I, I didn't think it would, to be honest. But I think that was a turning point because that after that game, that Falkirk game, I probably played the best that I ever did at St Mirren, the way the team played and the way I played. And I think it was, like we said, a lot of it was down to Jack because he kind of gave me that freedom to play. Jack and um, James Phil at the time and I managed to do really well and kick on and obviously at the end of the move came. 
You mentioned the fact that the end the move comes, you go from the Scottish Championship to the English Championship. Barnsley, obviously, a club with a reasonably sized support as well. So, what were you like feeling like going down there? Because it was a massive step. I was nervous because I didn't know the how big the step would be, and like that pre-season, I absolutely battled myself, like running wise, gym wise, like in the gym every day, running straight after the gym, like. I knew the physicality would be a, a massive step. Um, obviously, getting a new team as well. I'd been running my full days um, since I was four till the day I left um, to go to Barnsley. So it was a bit nerve-wracking. And then what helped probably was the boy, um, Liam Lindsay, came at the same time. So we kind of met up in the, the hotel um, and we ended up travelling together and then finally moved in together. So he made it a bit easier for myself because both of us were the exact same. He had been at a few loan clubs, but he was kind of moving away from his family at the exact same time, so we both kind of helped each other in that sense, got into a, a new changing room, but I went back, probably one of the fittest in the team, like at pre-season, like the running, everything, like done really well, and then I think boys start, maybe started catching up, and I had a few pre-season games, I thought I'd done quite well, and then found myself out of the team, and I didn't really know why, um, and it was hard to get back in, I get moved to training with the first team obviously every day, but then playing with 23s games, and like maybe my head wasn't at it because going for like like you said playing at St Mirren in front of a crowd every week massive massive important games and then you're going to a a twenty threes game at the training ground every week um like probably fifty fans no crowd no nothing playing against young boys um it was a hard one to take like it was hard to get through the games because being myself I I, I, I definitely had the self belief that I could have went and played a lot quicker than I did um I spoke to the manager on numerous occasions and. It was just a hard point at the time. The team wasn't doing too great either, um, and I wanted to get in and play. And I think obviously I ended up making my debut on in December, and it was a long time. Like I, it was hard to be there, especially being away from home. I think the only kind of sanctuary that I had is I was still getting called up to the, the Scotland Twenty Ones and playing there, so that gave me a bit of relief from the kind of the loneliness at Barnsley, because um, I was getting back up playing with the Twenty Ones. I was about all my mates that I knew. Um, room really Lewis Morgan again who was obviously flying at the time with St Mirren so that gave me like a little bit of sanctuary away from the club but then when it, when it came to it I, like when I, when I started making my debut and stuff and started playing a little bit in December, January I, I was doing quite well and at that point I actually got, had the chance to go to Hibs on loan um, obviously Lennon at the time wanted me over on loan um, so I went in the manager's office after playing a few games and said like can I watch the script like I've got the chance to go on loan to Hibs or do you want me to stay and play? And he says, no, you're, you're not going anywhere. You've come in, you've done well. We've played like Fulham, Wolves, Aston Villa. Started the games, done well. He said, you're, you're definitely staying and playing. I was like, fair enough, brilliant. And then, I think that was the Thursday. I spoke to him on deadline day. The Friday, he signed a new deal with Barnsley. The weekend, we had a game. And then on the Monday, he went to Leeds. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what's going on? Like, he just left and went to Leeds. Um, I was like, oh back to square one. I just got myself foot in the door. Deadline day was away, so and at the end of that we had the obviously the new manager came in, um Portuguese manager I can't remember his name actually. Portuguese manager. Aye, uh, <laughs> that wasn't the fun I tell you that. Uh, so he came in and then it was just back to square one. Uh, I think I maybe played one or two games under him like come off the bench and stuff and then I knew at the end of the season I just wanted out. You mentioned the fact it wasn't fun when he came in. Was he just did he just have his own ideas and he didn't really have an intention of giving you a chance? Uh, 
it was just a straight four four two big boys in the park. Um it worked with Mourinho, so I think it was like that defensive side, it was just set up defensively, it'd be hard to beat maybe go on the counter, but I don't think we really had the boys to go on the counter. But a good squad, a good attacking squad. And we just changed to sitting in. Which it was it, we found hard and training was quite it was it just totally changed. Everything was kind of defensive training. Even the small side of games, it was just I don't know, it was just it wasn't I, don't, I personally I didn't find it enjoyable. Like, I played my previous manager, it was all attacking, even Hecky. His training was brilliant because it was all attacking. Like I learned a lot from him, and then going for that to this, it was it was a hard one to take, especially when you're not playing. It, uh, it's hard to enjoy it as well. So, um, I that's what kind of what happened. And I done well in training quite a lot. Um, he did see a bit in me, and then he, he came up. I brought get brought off the bench and stuff like that as well in a number ten role. And um, again, like well, a three or four one down at times and stuff. So it was hard to come on and to do much. So. But even then, I, I kind of knew at that point, at the end of the end of the season, I was going to do what I could to get out. You mentioned the fact that you, you're, you're going to leave because of the situation. Neil Lennon's still interested. You go to Hibs. Was Neil Lennon a big factor in, in you going to Hibs? Because I know Hibs are a massive club, but Neil Lennon, as we know, is, is a manager who has been there and achieved a lot in football. Uh, of course. Um, when you know a, a guy like Neil Lennon's interested in you and, he was doing everything he can to get me there. Um, it's it's hard to turn down. Like obviously, I grew up a Celtic fan myself. Grew up watching him, and when you've got him on the phone, like you can't. It's, it's hard to say no. And it was just that feeling wanted again, especially with a massive club like Hibs. I'd watched him previously because I, I was obviously mates with John and watching him kind of progress at Hibs um, the year before, and obviously when they won the Scottish Cup and things like that. So. I knew exactly what they were all about. Um, I watched their games at the end of that season, but I knew the interest was there, and just watching them play was brilliant. Like I just knew at that point I wanted to be there, so I think I tried my best to get out before pre-season started. I was phoning, obviously, the chief executive Barnes at the time, saying, I've got this interest, I want to go. And they were, like, they were saying, obviously, at the time, obviously it was Daniel Stendhal coming in. They were saying, that, nah, the new manager wants you to come in and play. Um, to train and make a decision then. Um, they were saying that they wanted me to play in, in League One. They were promising they were going to put, do this and do that. And at that time, I was like, I was promised to play the year before what was going to change. And I obviously had Neil Lennon saying that I was coming in to start because obviously the, the top was John was going to leave and obviously I ended up leaving. So I went down my first two weeks at Barnsley pre-season and I had to go in and speak to obviously Daniel at the time at he didn't know any English. It was just German that he spoke, so I had to talk to his translator at the time. He's a coach as well, but he was his translator. So that was a, probably a turning point for myself because it's the first time I've not been a manager's door and I want to leave. Um, so that was tough because I knew, I think the rush was that Hibs had a couple of pre-season games, but then they were starting the Europa League run. And I wanted, I was doing everything that I could to get in for that first game. And so knocking on the door wasn't good. Like, I, I went there trained well and he was they were quite bewildered why I was still wanting to leave because I was doing well in training, I was doing enjoying training and I, I had I said to them like training games I'll give you a hundred percent no matter what, but if my heart's not in it then I want to go. There's a club there that's playing in Europa League saying that I'm gonna play every week. Obviously it's not guaranteed, but I think it was just to do with money and stuff as well to try and get me out and then thankfully Hibs paid the money for me. Um Got me there, and I think I got there on the Friday, maybe the Saturday, Friday or Saturday. We had a 
I think it was a Friday I got there, signed. Saturday, trained with the boys, one training session. Even though I'd, we'd, we'd never done any running with Daniel Stender, like it was just ball work. So I probably wasn't the fittest at the time. With uh, Paul Hamlet's testimony on the Sunday, come on for like 15 minutes, blown. That was my first kind of game. For only 15 minutes on, I was knackered. And then I think it was the Thursday, it was a Europa League run. Um, started playing 90 minutes and then I, I had a pre-season and I, I think I, I missed one game at that full season. It was um, at home at Livingston and I didn't even want to miss it as well, to be honest. I I think with maybe Celtic and Rangers on the Saturday and I was feeling a bit of tightness and Lennon at the time was saying, no, I'll just miss, sit the game out, you'll play Saturday. And if it wasn't for obviously that game, I'd have played every minute that season. So um, it was a massive point and I, I've, I've never looked back. You mentioned the fact you've never looked back. You scored in your league debut against Motherwell. What was Neil Lennon like to work with? An intense character, an intense manager, but as you see back at Celtic, he's, he's doing a good job again. Uh, um, he's intense, training and in games. like Training, you, you, you won't hear, hear a, a peep from him for like, say 15, 20 minutes. You just sit and watch. And then if standards start to, to slip, it's bang, the whistle's out and he's shouting. But it's just to keep the standards high. Like the intensity that we the team obviously the year before the team had and the team we had that year, um, it was there for a reason, especially the first six months before they left. Um it was there for a reason because he just demanded every day of training, no matter what. And then all of a sudden a Saturday, um basically what you see is what you get. What you see obviously in the media and at the games is exactly what you get in training. Um, so it was a brilliant manager to have, like just having that intensity every day. Like we always played like small city games, probably the fittest I've ever been to be honest. Because whenever we weren't, if we weren't doing great, we were running no matter what. Like there's so many times we're playing like doing four, um, four four minute possession games. Standards start to um drop. You'll see him walking away with a pole, and you go, ah oh, nah. Like you just know exactly what's going to happen. The whistle goes, it goes running to that pole and back. You know, like, but that's just what you had. If you weren't doing great, if you weren't doing well, you were running, and that was your punishment. So it made the standards stay high. And um, I did love working with him. Like I was sad to see him leave because some of my best football was under him. Like my goals, he gave me the freedom to play, gave me the freedom to do what I wanted. Um, and when my standards weren't there, rightly so. He threw me like a ton of bricks, like just pointing you out, shouting at you because he knew exactly what you were capable of and it did keep your standards high. So I definitely was sad to see him go. You mentioned you're sad to see him go and I'm going to word this question carefully because I'm not trying to lead you down a, a, a position to slag off. I know I'm not an ex-manager, that's not what I want. But see when you go to Barnsley and you work with Paul Heckenbottom and then he obviously, the way he'd left, when it's a manager that comes in who you'd worked with before, do you think to yourself a wee bit, or no, because I've had them before and it'd be good if it was somebody new coming in, somebody fresh. Um I it was a it was a tough one. Um because obviously there was talk uh, I think it was Apple at the time it was when to come in. So every every player's the same asking or what it's like to have a, like if anybody knows a new manager and stuff, and it was meant to be that obviously the guy Appleby, I'm sure. Um and then it turned out to be obviously Heckenbottom, so I was getting grilled for days, everyone asking me what it was like as a manager, but to be honest, I loved him as a manager. Um, it's similar to Jack Ross, a good man manager that spoke to everyone. Um, 
I learned a lot from them from going from um, my St Mondays to my like to go to Barnsley like the in depth that he went through every day was massive going like for the managers I had at St Mirren to then working at Barnsley with them it was just like the video analysis the training I learned so much from them like a hundred percent like that was a, a massive turning point as well how much I learned from them the defense, defensive side of work like different parts of my game I did learn a lot from them so Obviously, it's hard because I never played, but I said to the boys when they came in, like, you enjoy it. Like, everyone did enjoy it. Like, the video analysis work that we did, um, the training stuff that we did, everyone did enjoy it. Um, just sadly, obviously, it never kind of worked out, but um, it was, it was like a grilling for a few days. And obviously, you get that nervousness that you remember that you never played. Like, it's natural that I never played that much under them. Obviously, I started playing before they left. So, um, but the only thing obviously it might have helped was. The season before, I got obviously. Um, oh, sorry. When he first came in, I was I was doing well, and then by the end of that season, he's kind of first cut on ones. Ended up getting like player of the season and team player of the season stuff like that. So, um, it worked out not too bad that year. Absolutely, and something else that that intrigues me about you you've you've been doing well at Hibs. You mentioned the fact under Neil Lennon, you scored your most goals in the in the Scottish top flight, seven top flight goals. In the league, which was brilliant, you've had Paul Heckenbottom. You played well under him. He obviously left. You've got Jack Ross, who you know well, starting to play well. The obvious question I've got to ask you, because it's something that intrigues me, is you played a lot for the Scotland under twenty ones. Is a full call up to the national team something that's a, a big ambition for you for the future? Hundred percent, it is. Um, I think for any football player growing up, if you don't want to get called up for the national team, then I don't know why it's just. It's, I don't know why it's, not, it's definitely not in question because um, everyone wants to play this, the, the highest level possible and the biggest achievement is represent your country. Um, but it's got to be it's got to be really hard, especially with that team they've got now. Like, I think maybe I need to, hundred percent, I need to kind of improve as a player to to manage to break through that team. Like, I, I don't know, I can't tell you how many centre mids I've got. There's that many. Like, most important in the Premier League, John Fleck, John McGinn. Um, like Ryan Christie, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay, um, Ryan Jack, like the list goes on and on. So for me, even getting anywhere near that team, I need to do well. I need to stand out every week. Kind of similar to what John was doing when he was first at Hibs, um, scoring, dominating games. Um, but like I said, it's easier said than done. When the club starts doing well, the personal performances get picked up a lot more. So I think for me to get anywhere near that team, then first and foremost, we have to do better as a club. We have to be up that top four kind of section, so. Well, as I say, in terms of yourself, I wish you all the best with that because you're a player, as I said at the start, one of the best players in the SPFL in terms of technical ability. So I wish you all the best with that. And I want to finish with around a quick fire questions. First of all, being best players you've played with. Best I've played with. Um, wow. I think obviously for what he's done is John. Um, the way he's kicked on and done brilliant and standing out and most likely maybe going to be a, a Scotland captain in that as well when he's time to come. I think just for what he's done, I don't, don't think anyone kind of knew his potential at that point when I played with St Mon and obviously the few games at Hibs. So for him to kick on and do what he's done, it's, 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 it's been amazing for him just to see that kind of him flourish and be that player that he is now. Toughest direct opponent? Toughest direct opponent? Um, I think it's probably Scott Brown, to be honest, for myself, just... I've always wanted to get the better of him just because growing up as a Celtic fan, um, 
you want to do well against good opponents and just for him to be like he's strong, he's good in the ball, everything about him is is good, but it's quality that he has and he has a brilliant player to play against and I like I like coming up against these players and I'd say he's probably definitely one of probably the toughest. Who's the most underrated player you've played with so far? Underrated? Um I think that to be honest, last year I would say it was um guy Mark Mulligan. I think because of the most of his work was kind of defensive side. Um, he was. I think he's probably up there one of the best I've played with as well. Like no one would realise that. Maybe he got a lot of time. He got a lot of stick and stuff because he's quiet in the park. But honestly, for a guy that is what I don't know what age he was, maybe 34, 33, never missed a game. On never missed a game. Uh, never missed a training session either. It was just a, a warrior. Like played most games for Australia. Played centre mid. Played centre back. Like never had from always on the ball. Like Millie was such a good player to play play with. Um. Just knowing that you had somebody behind you that would want the ball that would run through a brick wall as well. Like, Millie was solid, so I would say definitely him. In terms of the characters in the game, there's so many of them. Who's the biggest character you've played with and why? Uh, I'd say, I don't know, it's between two, I think. So, back from my St. Mondays um, and Hibs now is Jason Naismith. He's just somebody that's just constant and it's like, in the changing room, try to like kind of wind people up, and he is a great guy having a changing room. Like some changing rooms can't be quiet. Like I've had my fair share of them, but most changing rooms that I shared with him, it's it's never quiet. And plus, I caution with him as well, so he is constant. He's funny. He's a funny guy. Um, I'd say him are obviously the loudest. It's hundred percent me, Boyley. I don't think you can't get a minute's peace from him. Honestly, like you're in the changing room, no matter what time it is, and like when. And the physio room as well, we gives the physio kind of staff pelters and this. Um, I don't think the gym staff will quite like him as much as well because he hates the gym. So, um, I think if you ask anybody around the club, they would say um, Martin Boyle. Right? A few non-football ones for you. Um, favorite film? Uh, Blindside. Favorite Blindside, music? Eh? Favorite music. Uh, I like about Ed Sheeran. What's your top three hobbies outside of football? Top three hobbies. Uh, I don't know. Actually, play a bit of table tennis now and again. I like that. Um, maybe walking the dogs now. I've got two. I just got two new dogs before um, the lockdown, so that they've been keeping me busy. Me and my girlfriend. So and uh, I like to play cards as well. I like playing cards, so I'd say they're free. Brilliant. Who's your favourite sportsman outside of football? Um, I've just been watching the Michael Jordan documentary, so I'd say him now. Brilliant. In terms of yourself, growing up, who was a player that you, you idolised growing up and wish you could emulate? Um, I'd say probably Paul Scholes growing up. Even though I was like growing up watching Celtic stuff as well, I think just with like growing up, I was always one of the smallest in the team. And watching him at Manchester United, um, he was one of the smallest in the park, but he was probably one of the best in the park every week. So um, just watching him, like you said, his, his long-range goals is something that I wanted to emulate. Um, just for what he's passing, everything was just quality. Um, so I'd, I'd probably have grown up idolised him. Beach holiday or city break? Uh, beach holiday, every day of the week. <laughs> Somewhere in the world you've not travelled to yet, but it's on your bucket list? Uh, Vegas. 
I don't want to do Vegas. <laughs> I want to do Vegas so much. <laughs> so that was the plan this year anyway, so, and obviously it all kind of fell apart, so quite gutted about that. Well, fingers crossed it'll come soon. The last question uh, I have is, and I'm not trying to get you into any bother with Jack Ross here, if you could play for any manager from the past, who would it be and why? Lennon, I think. I was good, Jack, and I'll say Lennon. Just for what... Um, just the way I played at that time, he's for my first six months at the club. He he done. He I think I was I wouldn't be at Hibs if it wasn't for him because he wanted me that much. Um, he pushed everything forward and got me at the club. So I own for that because I wouldn't be at Hibs if it wasn't for him. Um, and they gave me the freedom to play. And I think the best games I played were under him. Just the the team we had at the time, the way we played. Um, I enjoyed it. I did really. I do enjoy it now, obviously, but. Um, just it was my obviously when you're first at first at a new club, it's a brilliant feeling getting to know new boys, and he got me there, and I, I did, and I love playing under him, so I would see him. Brilliant, Stevie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Aye, thanks very much, mate. It's a pleasure. So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her 